the triumphant return of the Maculate Podcast. Chris Oust is in my office on sort of a dreary day, but it's not... Well, the sun is trying to come out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of a cave in here, so we don't even notice. <laughs> um, so we're here. Chris is just finishing up his internship. He was our parish intern for the time that he was here. Uh, Mother's Day is his last day, so we're just doing a recap episode, and... I was going to say this is your radio debut or podcast debut, but that's not entirely true. No, John has learned recently that it was actually in my undergrad. So for the information purposes for the listeners, prior to entering seminary, I was a music teacher. So my bachelor's degree is from a small school in Chicago called Vandercook College of Music that shared a campus with the Illinois Institute of Technology that has their own radio station. So myself and two friends of mine started a show that was called The Vent. The Vent. That's so cool. Yeah, it was called The The Vent because basically the idea was is they and or callers. Mind you, don't let me deceive you. We had a very small listening audience and calls were few and far between. (laughs) (laughs) Some guy's like, I'm looking for a car insurance. uh, And they're like, "Mm, this is the wrong number. (laughs) But do you have anything to vent about? (laughs) Yes, I can't find car insurance. I get it. So you guys were venting. Yes. Uh. That was the point. Yes. We're not talking about heating and cooling and air vents. It was... uh, you know, <laughs> venting, which we all need to do from time to time and blow off steam, if you will. I thought there was some weird thing. Like, oh, In a healthy way. The studio has this vent that makes a sound. We can, <laughs> like audio splice yeah. it out. So for better or worse, I was chosen to be the producer of the show, which really meant nothing. I had no formal training whatsoever, knew nothing what I was doing, but we would pick... Uh, current events, whether they were in the Chicagoland area or across the nation in the U.S. or in some cases international, and uh, discuss them together. And of course, we incorporated, uh, you know, music through commercial breaks and and interjected them in other other ways, being a bunch of musicians going to music school to get music education degrees. (laughs) So, of course, we incorporated that and, and did once in a while talk some music stuff, if you will. So it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Nice. So you're making your audio debut. Yes, this is like podcast audio. Yes, debut. This is a new medium for me, podcasts. Nice. So Chris, tell me about your internship. How did it go? The internship has gone really well. I I can't say how much I've enjoyed my time here, St. Mary Immaculate. I, I moved into the rectory on February 1st. I believe that was a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. And the time has just Alone, as it does with so many things in life and it's gone by so fast because this is such a wonderful parish but a unique one obviously as everyone knows and talks about because of its size so I was never bored to say the least and there was so much that I could grab hold of and jump into and participate in to help me to learn and grow about what it means to 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 be a pastor as I shadowed the pastor here Father Pat. What were some of the things that you were doing around the parish? I mean Regular churchgoers saw that you were here on Sundays helping out like as an, as an altar server and things like that. Just kind of talk, talk about some of the experiences you had while you were here. Oh, so many. But some of the, the, the big ones definitely that uh, some happened consistently was, of course, like John said, uh, serving masses 
and um, I helped to facilitate and to lead the Wild Goose series. Uh, that was the series that is a video-based series that uh, should help us to grow into a deeper relationship uh, with the Holy Spirit. So that was a lot of fun. I certainly learned a lot from it myself and grew as the, even as the facilitator and was seemed to be well-received by the participants of the nine-week course. Uh, what else? There was, uh, well, today that just was my, my last, I just came from teaching my last lesson of sixth grade religion here in our parish school, which has been nice. a lot of fun. As a former teacher, it's always a treat for me to be back in the classroom teaching something, whatever that might be, <laughs> <laughs> music, religion, you name it. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So I, I enjoyed doing that. And uh, what, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the parish office on the administrative side of things, going to regular weekly meetings that take place behind the scenes that um, a lot of people don't necessarily see or know about, but are important nonetheless, and learned a lot at those meetings. And um, oh, had a big day, enjoyed my time with Pat Mander doing homebound visits to uh, <laughs> those in, uh, in assisted living facilities or in their homes that uh, cannot get here to church. So yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed getting to meet them. And getting to know them. Yeah, it's nice getting to put your hand in a little bit of everything. Because oh, yeah. I mean, we certainly work together um, on liturgy stuff, particularly mm-hmm. with the um, the Triduum, which was a monster in itself. <laughs> yeah, this it was a big year for the pair. After, from what I'm told, last year, last Easter, I should say, having no uh, baptisms or no adult converts to bring into the church to going to, I think it was 10 or 11 people that yeah. were, were brought in. So that was a lot of fun. Yes, working closely with John and, of course, with Father Pat and uh, Father John and Father Mike to plan these liturgies and uh, was a real blessing and treat for me to serve as the Master of Ceremonies for all of them. So I really enjoyed that, which helps me to learn these liturgies better myself, God willing, as a future priest, so that I can celebrate them myself prayerfully and reverently and all that. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, because the Easter Vigil in particular is the one that, yeah, <laughs> it's like, like for, for those who weren't here, it was like almost three hours long. That doesn't just happen on its own. Like, there is, as much as you say that oh, the, the liturgy isn't like a show, you know, it's mm-hmm. the the coming of the colliding of heaven and earth so to speak there you do have to prepare for it just because there's so many things that logistical things that happen that need to be like three different sacraments are received and uh, yeah, it's all this stuff it is and it's it's true it's we would never want to say that the mass is a show <laughs> because it's not but at the same time although when we go to Mass, we're entering into and literally participating in a supernatural reality. That doesn't take away from the fact that we're human. So we do have <laughs> to have planning meetings, which we certainly were uh, um, coming up to uh, the Easter Vigil. And then we certainly need to have walkthroughs with all of the adults and their sponsors that were brought into the church, into full communion with the church, with our Knights of the Holy Temple that <laughs> did a wonderful job serving uh, all of the Triduum liturgies and especially the Vigil because as John and I discovered in particular or was often commented on <laughs> the Roman Missal calls the Easter Vigil the mother of all vigils and that <laughs> it is. <laughs> Which is hysterical because as formal as the church is on all like all their stuff like this is the mother load. This <laughs> like, is the mother of all vigils. <laughs> right? Or during the chanting of the um the exultant, right? Oh yeah. This is the night on which <laughs> this is the mother of all vigils. 
that's not part of it, but yeah, this <laughs> it is, should be. At it this should point. be. This is yeah. It, yeah, it Father, was Father Pat had to do that. How did um? Deacon, usually the deacons do that. So deacon. Rem- typically, typically the deacon is the one that should chant the exultant, which really is at the very beginning uh, of yeah. the Easter vigil, and it is it is a difficult thing. You it, it it's roughly depending on the speed at which the prayer is chanted. The exultant is what I'm referring to. Depending on the speed that it is chanted, it can take anywhere from 10 to 14 minutes, give or take, of just straight singing. And that's a lot. And it's not easy chant. It's not something that even really, uh, speaking from my own experience myself, is a is a trained musician. I don't even feel comfortable walking blind into that without having practiced that chant ahead of time. Yeah. I remember so, uh, walking into the church and father Pat was, would be chanting it at various he, points. And I'm like, oh, there he is yep, doing the exalted. Yeah, it, it does take some preparation, but you know, all of the prayers in the Easter vigil and particularly the exultant, oh, it's, it's just rich with, with beauty and uh, of the beauty of our faith and our theology, because it is literally recounting all of salvation history right down to the present day of us standing in the church that night it's incredible so it's a real honor to be able to chant something like that it's kind of when you put it that way it's crazy you can even finish it in 10 minutes <laughs> all of salvation history. yes well you know we're still waiting for the end of salvation. <laughs> not here yet but who knows maybe tomorrow i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> gotta go i gotta go to confession <laughs> <laughs> me too it's coming uh, uh, but it was everything uh, by God's grace because it is nothing. Although we try hard in our humanity, ultimately it's by God's grace. Everything went really well for all of the Triduum liturgies: Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil. Everything yeah. did go well. Nothing's perfect this side of heaven. We had our little lapses yeah, but, I mean, and things here and there. It could have been way worse. We could have ran into much larger problems. This is true. Yeah, like all all the little issues that arose. I don't think people would have even noticed. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it's one of those things where you, they're just like little logistics things that, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, there's a human element that, right. you know, if someone forgets something, they whatever. They fall through the cracks mm-hmm. somehow. And, yeah. And, and we forgot, st- like we forget stuff or you're like, oh, how do, how do we forget about this? But I mean, we, we were planning for that for months. Oh, the, at least yeah. two months. So many people don't realize them. Yeah. At least two, the months of planning that, that go into that. And, and, you know, despite, as father Pat always says, despite the little mishaps and, and things that happen really, whether big or small, the main thing is that those liturgies, Jesus shows up in the Eucharist and on Sunday on Easter, he's still going to rise from the dead. And really that's, what's important. In the <laughs> <laughs> so when true. you put it that way, it's uh humbling that you don't have to, yeah, like, yeah. It'll it'll takes, happen. Takes a little bit of the stress away. Yeah, it definitely does. A little bit. Because I mean, we were running <laughs> Not all around, of it, but a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so we were running around with like like chickens with our heads cut off yeah. at certain points. At certain points, it was busy to say the least. I mean, even the preparation for those masses, those liturgies themselves, is quite well. It's intense. Help, it was helpful for me to have like you and Tom, one of the other seminarians, and mm-hmm. Christians and Claire and oh, yeah. uh, Father Mike helping out with various elements of of those liturgies too because it, as the liturgy it's, it's too much for one person especially oh, yeah. on a scale as big as we have everything here mm-hmm. um so it was nice having that little assistance as well so yeah i think we divided and conquered fairly well overall looking back on it now anyway yeah yeah so chris and i actually go pretty far back couple of years four years now i guess this is our four, fourth year four of friendship years. 
give or take. Yeah. So I, as a lot of you know, I started in, in seminary and Chris and I would have been classmates had I uh, not discerned out two years ago. And uh, so it's cool. It was cool. Like when you first got here, I, it wasn't like, oh man, we have a new seminarian coming. I was like, oh, my friend Chris is going to be here. Yeah, no, it was great to to walk in here to the staff and have someone that I, I knew particularly well, although I've enjoyed getting to know all of the staff in my in the months that I've been here, which has been great. Yeah. Getting to know them. So it's been fun though, working, working with John here. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's been fun too, because especially with the, the Triduum stuff, like we, I mean, obviously like we're like good friends outside of like work and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But then once you bring like work, I mean, for lack of a better word, work into, into that, planning that stuff became a lot easier i thought because like i knew i know how you think like i know yeah, how having that history helps because mm-hmm. god bless him john survived two years of seminary with me just down <laughs> the hall really <laughs> Living you always hall. joke about that as if you're like some person that's like incredibly hard to work with i mean because we even when we were in seminary we lived on the same floor, floor. right that's what and I'm so saying. it was same funny floor. like going it was just like walking down the hall and just like hanging out for a little bit it was mm-hmm. like a lot like college in that respect where you're like i wonder if chris is around i just like wander down the hall and see if you were there and then we should have had our own show called the, the vent, vent. Oh, we were just there like, was <laughs> plenty of that just just trying to figure out how to maneuver through seminary it, life it's got to be you know that's got to be everywhere in major yeah. institutions whether they be universities seminaries or something it's just Oh, when you're when you're living and doing the same type of work together all the time, there's always going to be a need for healthy, ordered, and let's call it holy venting. <laughs> holy venting. As long as it doesn't become imprudent and, you know, we're not being uncharitable to our brothers, then we should be okay for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> so when we were in seminary, then we were at the Pontifical College Josephinum, which is uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Ohio, And uh, so we're in Columbus. Now you're up at Mundelein Seminary, which is in Mundelein, Illinois, which is about like 20 minutes outside of Chicago, roughly. Give or take. It's about, it's northwest of here, maybe an hour and 10 minutes, depends on traffic, of course. So I never got to start at Mundelein because the two years that we were in together, we were in the pre-theology program which is a program that if you have a bachelor's degree, so if you were at a four-year university beforehand uh, and then you decided to enter formation afterwards, you did two years of uh, philosophy just so you caught up with um, the other collegians that had been doing philosophy for four years. So for me, I'm just curious, uh, what were some of the differences between Mundelein and the Josephinum? Like obviously all seminaries kind of are similar yet different. Like what are some things that you've noticed like just being at two different yeah. seminaries. It's been a good experience to be at two different seminaries because there are certain dioceses that won't that don't do that. They simply keep their seminarians at one seminary their entire time in formation to be a priest. And of course, it's true what you're saying is you know every seminary has the ultimate goal of forming good, holy, healthy, and happy priests to serve the church. That's just the bottom line, the overarching kind of general goal of every seminary. But yet they're all different. And like any institution, they're going to have their strengths and they're going to have their weaknesses. That's just part of the world and being human and even institutions too. So um, uh, the the biggest, most noticeable difference for me uh, was actually the liturgy, the Mm -hmm. mass at 
the Josephinum in Ohio uh, versus Mundelein. Yeah. And I've, yeah, I think this is something that we kind of talk about just as friends a lot, like how, like their liturgies, like liturgies are pretty much the same everywhere with like different, you know, there's different little quirks and nuances here and there. Right. And, um, but the Josephinum, they took liturgy to like in a ridiculous level. I was going to say insane, but that's not even like, it was, it was just like, they took so, such good care of things that they were doing like like their sacristans when they trained them they would like do things in unison like when they were like lighting Mm -hmm. candles and stuff and like like i've been to mundelein where they've like and experienced mass there and it's like very rich and very fruitful and like when we say they're different like that they're not like one isn't better than the other but like the josephinum's liturgy was just like really intense maybe intense is the way to say it uh, yeah i would say I- intense it's how do how do because it's not a competition it's no, not it's that's not. not the point and i know i just want to be clear you know that's not what john i don't think john is saying that for the sake of the listeners but it's it's a different attention to detail and yeah in particularly um the the reverence and solemnness of the mass of mm-hmm. the liturgy because at the Pontifical College Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio, from my understanding, more or less since its inception, one of the legacies of this particular <clears throat> seminary in the United States has been its liturgy, that it has some of the most beautiful seminary liturgy, seminary masses, if you will, yeah, there's out like of any seminary in yeah. the United States of America. Yeah, there's like a hundred years of yes. tradition there that if you go there, they're they like bragging about it <laughs> you know <laughs> well exactly and rightfully so because they 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 do they do mass they do liturgy very well there with a with a very high uh, almost as john would say you know ridiculous sensitivity to reverence and respect for the worship space of a church of a chapel and mm-hmm. particularly of the sanctuary where the altar is and where the tabernacle is and yes it is certainly true as john witnessed as i witnessed prior to mass the sacristans would come out in unison together and genuflect at the foot of the sanctuary and enter the sanctuary and very reverently at the same time light the altar candles one by one by one now to each is his own Every human person is different. We are all created by God, but yet we're unique. And to some people, they would find that, I think, just pointless and ridiculous. But yeah, <laughs> in my... When I was first there, I was like, wow, this is a little much. <laughs> and that's fine, understandably. But at the same time, it's, um, it does... It, it should make someone think, especially if they do think, okay, this is too much. Like, just stop already. But it should make you think, well, why are they doing it? Even if it's if if you're a person that would disagree, seeing something like that or that uh, that attention to detail and and reverence, you know, but what's the reason? I mean, you would think they have a reason for for doing that. And to what I came to experience there at the Josephinum through the Mass, and what I came to learn, it's uh, if we truly do our best, however that's going to be for each of us individually, to enter into the Mass, it starts with the space that we're in. I think. It starts with it starts with the worship space and recognizing that this is a sacred space. For one thing, the the tabernacle is in the church that contains the Eucharist, the living presence of Christ in the world today. That is profound. And that is always there. Yeah. And 
as long as we see a vigil candle, a vigil lamp there lit, we know that the Blessed Sacrament is there. Although there are times within the liturgical calendar that it's not. So there's, there is the tabernacle, there's the Eucharist. So it makes sense that even before Mass starts, that these sacristans would take the time and the care to so reverently and solemnly prepare the sanctuary to begin the Mass. And then once the Mass begins, it's a matter of kind of growing, I think, and in, in praying into and delving deeper into the reality of what you are witnessing at Mass is that something supernatural is taking place. The Holy Spirit is coming from heaven into the space that you are literally sitting in and transforming, transubstantiating, changing bread and wine into the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. That's huge. That is profound. It's something that we can't fully wrap our heads around as human persons. So for that reason, at least for me in my prayer life, in my spirituality, in my mind, that that deserves the level of reverence that both you know you and I have experienced in in our time at the Josephinum. So. Yeah, and I think for as great of a time as that I had, and I think as you had too oh, at the yeah. Josephinum, like I do think, uh, like one of the big differences between the Josephinum and Mundelein is that Mundelein takes a lot of emphasis on like forming a parish pastor, so mm-hmm. like a man right. who will go out in his ministry and lead a parish. And that's why you're actually, you're sitting in my office today is because Mondelein has an internship program that they send all of their uh, second semester of their second year theologians and they go into a parish right. back in their home diocese and they shadow a pastor for, for the better part of three or four months. And I think that's like an amazing blessing to have because if we, if you would have stayed at the Josephinum, you wouldn't have gotten that opportunity. Yeah, and it's really kind of a different approach or methodology, if you will, as far as in, in our conversation about liturgy in the, in the Mass at the Josephinum, the approach was, okay, here is the pinnacle of the reverence and the solemnness, the solemnity that the holy sacrifice of the Mass can have. But the reality is, is that some of the things that were done at the seminary really may not be feasible in certain parishes. Does that mean that the parish is bad or that it's lacking in some way? No, of course not. That's not what it means. But sometimes you just don't have the resources that a seminary does to carry out those things. But Mundelein's approach, on the other hand, is to kind of focus more on the practicalities and what, what it's going to look like and more likely be in the parish. Now, that's not to say that a pastor can't work toward moving his parish toward kind of more solemn, more reverent liturgies um, from from where it's at. That's that's always a good thing because that's an opportunity for for growth in our relationship with Christ, in in our knowledge of the faith, in an opportunity to catechize, which is great. Um, so it's just kind of two different approaches, kind of living in and showing the pinnacle of what liturgy can look like, what that prayer, the mass can look like versus kind of living in, you know, the practicalities of where we're going to find ourselves initially as newly ordained priests going into parishes. So it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It really yeah, is. Cause yeah. Cause I think, I think one of the, I mean, I don't know if, if this is a negative, but like if you're, if you're at the Josephine for six years and you're seeing this uh, liturgy and then you're put in a parish where like liturgy isn't the focus, like liturgy 
at, in the parish life, like liturgy isn't the be all end all no, of not. the parish life, as you've discovered while mm-hmm. you're here. Like there's so many facets of um, what goes on no, in a parish, in a parish exactly. um, whether that is administratively, um, ministerially, etc. Mm-hmm. And so I could see that being a problem in a certain extent where you're used to this really high high level of liturgy not i don't even want to say level of liturgy but like just this crazy emphasis on liturgy and then when you're put in a parish where maybe that isn't like the the main focus at that point like i can see that being a struggle yeah and i i agree with you which is why i am very very grateful that i've gotten to have both experiences yeah of witnessing that and being part of it at the josephinum and yet at the same time coming to Mundelein now and having this opportunity for the internship because the internship is just that. Our job is to shadow the pastor and live the life of a priest as much as we can with obviously without celebrating the sacraments because seminarians can't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the joke you always have. <laughs> I can hear your venials, but... <laughs> oh, yes, the, because I came to the parish during Lent or right, yeah. right at the start, right a bit more or less, right at the start of Lent. So there's been lots of penance services, rightfully mm-hmm. so, as there should be uh, during Lent. So as in the meetings that I would have with Father Pat and with Father John, with Father Mike, they would be assigning all themselves and the extra priests that were coming in to help hear confessions. And they say, okay, you're going to go here and we'll put you in this confessional and you're going to sit here and hear confessions. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I'll go in the sanctuary with my holy water bucket and I can hear venial sins. <laughs> <laughs> To so, which there would be a prompt, um, no. <laughs> um, no, can't do that. Like, okay, fair enough. Uh, but anyway, uh, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. But that's the beauty of this of this internship is because I, I'm having the uh, given the opportunity here to live the life of a diocesan parish priest as closely as I can. And I am able to have wonderful ministerial experiences and yet, at the same time, this is really this semester of internship is the one opportunity that I have to really learn about the governance and administration of a parish. And that is hugely oh, huge. Yeah. Huge, that's not even really a word, but that is very important, particularly as a diocesan priest. So I have enjoyed that very much. And, and needless to say, this is a great place to learn that because Father Pat is at the helm of a very large ship here yeah. at St. Mary Immaculate of this parish. So to see how that looks and how that operates from the inside has been a huge blessing. And as many people have said to me, moving forward, you know, God willing, I'm ordained, wherever I end up going, I'm going to have to literally scale down my experiences to make them fit into any other parish in this diocese that is frankly going to be smaller. That's just... Yeah, how it goes. Yeah, I mean that's, I mean we've when we talk to like a lot of the seminarians who spend time here in whatever fashion, you know, it's just one of those things that you you can't can't overemphasize like kind of the joys of being in a bigger parish because yeah, you could just you just get to see so many different sides, and you know you get to get you get to get your hands dirty in a lot of different things like with the pastoral care with like youth ministry mm-hmm. with rcia rcia like all those mm-hmm. great things so we've been fortunate to have you here um so what's next after so mother's day you leave yes you will be leaving us i am looking forward to a vacation as wonderful as my time has been here <laughs> i am i am ready for a break and it just 
happens to be that you know the only time I do have for any kind of vacation this summer is right here at the beginning of the summer. Yeah. Uh, and then following my vacation, I will be completing my uh, chaplaincy experience program at Good Samaritan Hospital in Downers Grove. Uh, and mm. while I am doing that, I will be living in the rectory at St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Hinsdale. Nice. So don't get sick so you won't see Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would love to see you, but at the same time, I, I hate it to It probably won't be good for you to, to, to run into you in the, in, in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I hope to be, since I'm in the diocese, I certainly hope, if possible, my schedule allows to, you know, get back here on some weekends and, and visit with people, of course. So we'll we'll see. So that'll, that, so that'll be your summer. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of on the same uh, trajectory as now Deacon Ramon. Yes. Uh, so Deacon Ramon was here last year on internship. Um, he did his chaplaincy program over the summer. And then, like him, you will be doing your third year of theology. So mm-hmm. you'll be at the seminary for a semester. And then you will go to the Holy Land for a semester, Yes, roughly. That'll be next year. I'll spend the fall semester at Mundelein at the seminary taking a normal course load of classes. And then in the spring semester, I will be headed to 10 weeks of scripture study in the Holy Land. And that and that's considered a pilgrimage. So that's going to be quite the experience. That's, of course, all pending political tensions. We'll see. <laughs> oh, is it really? Not, are you guys not sure? they always tell us that i mean that's, oh, I that's the reality yeah, yeah. of our world today that they have to as yeah. much as it's on the books and they're already actually i found out that the the administrative assistant at Mundelein seminary that is in charge of coordinating the entire pilgrimage trip for every class that goes each year mm-hmm. she actually starts the planning of the next year's pilgrimage the day before the men of the current year pilgrimage leave it takes her that long the logistics in the process Gee. of coordinating that trip for 10 weeks with can you i mean think about the hundreds over the years of guys that have gone gone she's got it down to a science now yeah um and it just the coordination of upwards of 60 maybe 70 guys passports airfare you know airfare airline ticket booking those accommodations i mean it just the list is endless of things to coordinate and uh, as much as they go forward always every year and plan that trip um, they have certain contacts through the U.S. Embassy and through uh, various priests and other people's personal contacts on the ground in the Holy Land, in Jerusalem, Bethlehem, other places that give them updates uh, throughout the year about what's going on politically and mm. any kind of violence and the tensions that may take place. And it's th- really through those people that they make a decision at a certain point whether or not it is safe for us to be in the Holy Land and to go or if the pilgrimage for that particular year has to be canceled because it's too dangerous. Well, we'll hope hope and pray that you guys get a chance to go because that's, yes. that's really good. And then uh, at the end of that year, then you will be, God willing, ordained a deacon. God willing, we return from the pilgrimage and the way the calendar lays out here in the Diocese of Joliet, it's about a, a few, literally days later that we are at the cathedral. And if that's Laying what God wants, weigh in face first on the marble and getting ordained a, <laughs> a deacon through the imposition of the bishop's hands. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, great. Well, we'll keep praying for you then. Throughout Thank you. Your I'll whole... take all the help I can get. <laughs> yes. Uh, so keep Chris in your prayers as he continues through seminary. Um, yeah. And whenever you're back here, man, we'll get you on the podcast talking I about something would love to be back on another podcast here and you we can, can certainly be confident of my prayers for all the people here at saint mary immaculate we appreciate that too so yeah, thanks for being here man this is great thank you for having me